For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The 7,000-Year Plan of God. This is part six of the series. We're told in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. So next we're going to see from Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8, We are to not be ignorant that one day is with the Lord a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So in referring to or quoting from Psalm chapter 90, verse 4, where it likens a day to a thousand years, and then associating this principle to the seven days of creation, the seventh day of creation, which is called Sabbath, that the prophetic Sabbath of creation, known as the day of the Lord, is going to arrive upon the earth in darkness. And that darkness is commonly called Jacob's trouble or the tribulation period. So we can see in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10, that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. The day of the Lord arrives as darkness in the night. We can see from Exodus chapter 20 verses 9 and 10 that six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahweh your Elohim. And that seventh day Sabbath is called in Isaiah chapter 58 verse 13, the day of the Lord as it is written. If you will turn away your foot from the Sabbath from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath of delight the holy of the Lord honorable. So the Sabbath is called my holy day, the Sabbath is called the holy of the Lord, or the Sabbath is called the day of the Lord. And so this term, day of the Lord, is often used in the prophets. And we can see from the prophets that the day of the Lord arrives in darkness. And thus, the association to Jacob's trouble or the tribulation period. In Isaiah chapter 13, verses 6 and 8, it is written, Howl ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and it will come as destruction from the Almighty. It's associated with the tribulation period, as we can see in verse 8. And they will be afraid. Pangs and sorrows will take hold on them, and they shall be in pain as a woman that travails. In Zephaniah chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, it is written, The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens greatly, even the voice of the day of the Lord. And the mighty man will cry there bitterly. That day, the day of the Lord, is a day of wrath. 
a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. So this darkness part of the day of the Lord is also called in the scriptures Jacob's trouble. The tribulation period is called Jacob's trouble. In Jeremiah chapter 30 verses 6 and 7 it is written, Ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Why do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness? Alas, for that day is great. What day? The day of the Lord. So that there's none like it. It, the day of the Lord, is a time of Jacob's trouble, but he will be saved or delivered or redeemed out of it. Now we're going to look at some major events that are associated with the day of the Lord. Given that we do not know exactly how many years it's been from Adam and Eve in the garden to the present year, how are we going to know when we come to the end of 6,000 years of time, when we cross over into that seventh day, when we cross over into the day of the Lord? Well, the Bible gives us events that are associated with the dawn of the day of the Lord and even the day of the Lord itself. And some of the major events, which I'm now going to share with you, that's associated with the day of the Lord is, number one, the day of the Lord is associated with the dividing of the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. Number two, the day of the Lord is associated with the fall of Babylon in the Babylonian system. And finally, another event that's associated with the season of the day of the Lord is the Gog-Magog War, where there's an assembly of nations and armies north of Israel who will invade and attack the mountains of Israel. And the mountains of Israel are biblically called Judea and Samaria, and it includes Jerusalem. The world calls Judea and Samaria the West Bank. So these events of the day of the Lord, which I've just mentioned, comes about for the purpose of creating the conditions to end the exile of the 12 tribes of Israel, wherein initially the 10 tribes of the northern kingdom was taken into captivity by the Assyrians, and the tribes of the southern kingdom, or the house of Judah, the Jewish people, were taken into captivity by the Babylonians. The end of the exile of northern kingdom and southern kingdom in their uniting, as outlined in Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 15 to 24, and their return to the land of Israel is also associated with the day of the Lord in the coming of Yeshua the Messiah in power and in great glory. So let's see how these things are so and how they're associated with the day of the Lord. First, we're going to see from the book of Joel that the day of the Lord is associated with the nations dividing the land of Israel. In Joel chapter 1 verse 15 it is written, Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and as destruction from the Almighty shall it come. Then Joel chapter 3 verse 2, we see how the nations are going to divide the land of Israel, as it is written, I will gather all nations and bring them into the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they've scattered among the nations and parted or divided my land. We can see that the day of the Lord is associated with the dividing the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. From Zechariah chapter 14 verses 1 and 2 as it is written. Behold the day of the Lord comes and your spoil shall be divided in the midst of you. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. The city will be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished, and half 
of the city will go into captivity, or in other words, it will be divided. So we can see here that the dividing of Jerusalem is associated with war. And what war would this be associated with? The battle of Gog and Magog. Because once the nations by war divide the nation of Israel and the city of Jerusalem, we're told in Zechariah chapter 14 verse 3, then the Lord will go forth and fight against the nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And who's going to be fighting against the nations? Yeshua. And what is understood to be the day of battle? It is Exodus chapter 15 when Pharaoh and his army drowned in the Red Sea. So the day of the Lord is associated with the judgment of the nations for dividing the land of Israel. We can see this in Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 7 and verse 11 as it is written. Alas, for that day is great so that there is none like it. It is the time of Jacob's trouble. So what's associated with Jacob's trouble or the tribulation period? Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 11. For I am with you, says the Lord, to save you. That is, he's going to redeem Jacob. Though I make a full end of all nations where I have scattered you. This is the judgment of the nations. So in the judgment of the nations for dividing the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem, we're going to see the fall of Babylon. And in Jeremiah chapter 50 verse 12, Babylon is associated with being an end-time nation. Also elsewhere in the scriptures referred to as the daughter of Babylon, which I believe is the United States of America. Babylon means to mix or to mingle. In the United States is the melting pot of the world. So while we have an end-time spiritual land of Babylon which I believe is the United States of America, we also have a Babylonian system in our world called the Kingdom of Darkness, of which Hasatan rules over. In Isaiah chapter 13, verse 1, it is written, The burden of Babylon. Verse 6, Howl ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and it will come as destruction from the Almighty. And then in Isaiah chapter 13, verse 19, In Babylon, the glory of kingdoms. So in our generation, since World War II, who would the world regard as being the glory of kingdoms? Powerful economically, powerful militarily. It would be the United States of America. So Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And how was that done? He rained fire from heaven. So what's modern day fire from heaven? It's intercontinental ballistic missiles. But remember, the Babylonian system in the Babylonian entity is more than an end time nation. It is a system that has many tentacles. It's political. It's financial. It's religious. It's basically everything that opposes the ways of the God of Israel and the ways of his kingdom. That is the Babylonian system. And that system will fall as well. And the judgment comes about when the nations divide the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem in what the Bible calls a controversy of Zion. So the controversy of Zion is going to be associated with the day of the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 34, verse 2 and verse 8, it is written, For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations, and his fury upon their armies. 
Verse 8, For it is the day of Yahweh's vengeance, in the year of recompenses or payback, for the controversy of Zion. And what can most easily be seen regarding this controversy for most people in the world is the controversy over to whom does the land of Canaan belong? Is it the land of the nation of Israel, or should it be shared as being a part of a Palestinian state? This is the most visible aspect of the controversy of Zion. But when the nations divide the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem, which will bring about the judgment of the nations, during the judgment of the nations, the God of Israel will gather his people from being scattered in the nations of the world, bring them back to the land, and the twelve tribes of Israel will be united. We can see this from Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 17 where it says, I will restore health unto you. That's the end of the exile. And I will heal you of your wound. The wound is the exile. Because they called you an outcast, saying, This is Zion, which no man seeks after. Then in Psalm 102, verse 16, When the Lord builds up Zion, he will appear in his glory. Who is the Lord that's going to appear in his glory? That's Yeshua the Messiah. And when is Yeshua going to appear in his glory? When he builds up Zion. But what is the building up of Zion? In the Bible, Zion is another name for Jerusalem. So the building up of Zion is the same as the building up of Jerusalem. And in Psalm 147 verse 2 it says, The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. So when Yeshua gathers together the outcasts of Israel, when he gathers and unites the twelve tribes of Israel, he will appear in his glory. And in gathering the exiles of Israel, both Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern kingdom, will return to their land. Israel, the northern kingdom, is also known as the Ten Tribes, or Ephraim, or the House of Joseph. The southern kingdom is known as the House of Judah, or the Jewish people. And they are most commonly associated with the tribes of Judah, Levi, and Benjamin. So in Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 3 it is written, For lo, the days come, says the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel, northern kingdom, and Judah, southern kingdom, says the Lord. And I'm going to cause them to return to the land that I gave their fathers, and they shall possess it. So now it's speaking of Israel and Judah returning to the land. And in speaking about Israel and Judah returning to the land, it says in Jeremiah 30 verse 6, Ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Why do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail? Jeremiah 30 verse 7, Alas, for that day is great, so that there's none like it. It is the time of Jacob's trouble. So what is associated with Jacob's trouble, the tribulation period or the day of the Lord? It is that Israel and Judah will return to their land. Next we're going to see that the Gog-Magog War, which takes place upon the mountains of Israel, which is Judea, Samaria, or the West Bank, as well as Jerusalem, that with the supernatural defeat of the Gog-Magog armies, that the God of Israel will declare the exile of the twelve tribes over. In Ezekiel chapter 38 verse 2, it is written, Son of man, set your face against Gog. Verse 8, it says that Gog is going to come against the mountains of Israel. And in Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 2, it says, I will bring you upon the mountains of Israel. In Ezekiel chapter 39, when we see the defeat of the Gog-Magog armies, 
as a result or an outcome of the defeat of the Gog and Magog armies, it says in Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 21, I will set my glory among the heathen or the nations. His glory, Exodus chapter 24 verses 15 through 17, is the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, which is called the glory of the Lord. With the defeat of Gog and Magog, he's going to set his glory among the nations. And in bringing the exiles back to the land of Israel by his glory, by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, that will cause, Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 23, the nations will know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they trespassed against the Lord. So then, in setting his glory among the nations, Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 21, with the defeat of Gog and Magog, the God of Israel is going to declare the exile of his people over. The declaration is made in Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 25. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel. Now is after the defeat of Gog and Magog. So let's remember, we are told in Psalm 102 verse 16, when the Lord builds up Zion, which is building up Jerusalem, he will appear in his glory when he gathers the outcasts of Israel. So the glory of God is the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Exodus chapter 13 verse 21 it is written, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire. So the children of Israel were led out of Egypt by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And then we're told in Exodus chapter 40 verse 34, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night is called the glory of the Lord. We can see this from Exodus chapter 24, verse 16. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and a cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud, and the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire. So the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night is called the glory of the Lord. We can see from Revelation chapter 21 verse 23 that Yeshua is the glory of the Lord. In the city, that is the new Jerusalem, had no neither the sun, neither the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. So Yeshua is the glory of the Lord, or Yeshua was the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night that led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And that which happened historically when the children of Israel came out of Egypt is a prophecy about Yeshua's second coming. Because we're told in Isaiah chapter 4 verses 5 and 6, the Lord will create, that is future, upon every dwelling place, that's more than one, of Mount Zion. So every dwelling place is called Mount Zion. Every dwelling place where upon her assemblies, that means her gatherings, is a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. So Yeshua is going to once again gather his people from the nations of the world where they've been scattered. He's going to bring the 12 tribes back to the land of Israel in the day of the Lord, following the defeat of Gog and Magog by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night is visible to the human eye. So therefore all the nations will see it. As we're told in Isaiah chapter 35 verse 2, they will see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. 
because, Isaiah chapter 35 verse 10, And the ransomed of the Lord will return, and they will come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. That's the end of the exile of the twelve tribes of Israel. That's why when Yeshua was asked by his disciples, What's the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? What's the sign of the end of the 6,000 years of time? And we're going to enter into the day of the Lord or the Messianic era. He told them about many signs. And then he said in Luke chapter 21, verse 28, When these things begin to come to pass, look up, for your redemption draws nigh. And who is being redeemed? Jacob, from the nations where he's been scattered. That's the gathering uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. And Yeshua is going to bring them back in glory through the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. So that's going to conclude this teaching on the 7,000 year plan of the God of Israel. So let's conclude by summarizing what we've covered in this teaching. Number one, biblical history is prophecy. Number two, the seven days of creation is a prophecy of 7,000 years to time from Adam and Eve in the garden to the end of the thousand year messianic era. Number three, both Orthodox Judaism and some of the early church fathers in their writings teach that there's 7,000 years of time from the creation of Adam and Eve in the garden to the end of the prophetic seventh day of creation. Number four, while biblical chronology is not an exact science, we shared that there was roughly 4,000 years from Adam and Eve in the garden to Yeshua's coming in the first century. Number five, the seventh day Sabbath of creation is a prophecy of the thousand year messianic kingdom of Yeshua on the earth. Number six, the weekly Sabbath is called the day of the Lord. Number seven, the prophetic Sabbath of creation known as the messianic age is also called the day of the Lord. Number eight, during the darkness part of the day of the Lord known as the tribulation period or Jacob's trouble, the exile of the 12 tribes of Israel will come to an end. In the northern kingdom, the 10 tribes, Ephraim, or the house of Joseph. In the southern kingdom, the house of Judah, will be united by the Messiah in the land of Israel. Number nine, there are various spiritual pictures in the Bible of 6,000 years of time, followed by the 1,000-year Messianic era. And we shared with you several of them. Number ten, there are several prominent signs of the coming of the prophetic day of the Lord. And among them are the nations dividing the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem through the proclamation recognition of a Palestinian state with East Jerusalem as its capital by the nations, as well as the fall of the end-time nation known as the daughter of Babylon, the United States of America, as well as the Gog-Magog war in the land of Israel. Number 11. The defeat of Gog and Magog is a sign of the coming end of the exile of the twelve tribes of Israel and the revelation to the Jewish people that Yeshua is the Messiah. And finally, number twelve, Yeshua will gather the exiles of Israel to the land of Israel during the tribulation period by the cloud by day and pillar of fire by night known as the glory of the Lord. So I pray that this message has been a rich blessing to you and it helps you to understand the 7,000 year plan of the God of Israel, which was purposed when Yeshua created the heavens and the earth.
Well, that's going to conclude part six of the series on the subject, the 7,000-year plan of God. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts in order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others. We are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S T R A S B U R G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.